This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to WTS Waikato, sharing the hyperlocal, controversial and quirky stories of the Waikato region. I'm your host, Gary Farrow. Once every year, the fireworks displays of Guy Fawkes rattle windows throughout the Waikato. The Morrinsville Fireworks Extravaganza is the centrepiece, a professional display that has been taking place for 15 years so far. It's an example of a well-organised event in which safety is paramount while not compromising on the fun. I went and spoke with Kathy Belvitt at the Morrinsville Eyesight for a technical insight into how the big display is carried out. So I'm Kathy Belvitt, I'm the Promotions Manager of Morrinsville and, the, and do a lot of promotions as well as I'm the CEO of the Chamber of Commerce, so I have a finger on it on the pulse. I noticed that car outside the Chamber of yes. Commerce car, I'm like, oh, maybe the Chamber of Commerce is in the same building, but then you're, no, I'm that too. you're wearing so First and foremost, I'm the CEO of the Chamber, but under that umbrella, we operate the EyeSight, the AA Visitor Centre, the promotions and different events that are on in town and, and keep a finger on the pulse. It's actually quite good. New car, the other one needed a wash. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I got, I've had it nearly a week. It'll be a week today. A week today I wow. picked up the new car just in time for the long weekend. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, a lot of events happen in Morrinsville, but one of the biggest, which is pretty much uh, a, a centrepiece of Waikato events in the year, is the uh, fireworks extravaganza that yes. happens around Guy Fawkes. Yes. Um, we're, we're all interested thinking about that at the moment and with fireworks going on and Diwali's just happened and there have been fireworks for that as well. Um, and um, yeah, I think people are just all interested to hear about it and talk okay. about it. So, so, so yeah. how, would, how would you describe its significance in Morrinsville? So I, this will be my 15th event for the fireworks and it's transitioned quite a bit year after year after year. So when I first took over in my role that I'm in now, back in 2008, the fireworks had been going one year at that point and successfully, and I think the first crowd that they had come through those gates on that particular night was around about 800 to 1,000 people. The last one we had, which couldn't have it last year because of COVID, but in 2020, we had 8,500 people through the gates. So that's how significant the event has grown over the years. More and more people, I believe, look at the cost to come to an event of a public nature. 
They get a good evening's entertainment where the gates open at 5.30. It's in a safe environment for the families to come in. They sit and have a picnic there. They can have a food or coffee that's from one of the site holders there. But more importantly, we have all the services on site. We have the fire brigade. We have the ambulance, should there be a need to use them. But it makes it for a very safe and family-orientated environment, which in this day and age, we've got to be so careful of. The backyard fireworks I think will eventually dry up but at the moment they're still around but more and more of the big companies that used to sell the fireworks are stopping that you know some of the big shops that used to always sell them uh, you know a few days before they're not doing it anymore so it's interesting here we are just a week and a half out um, and already there's very little signage up around town to say that anyone's selling them. So hmm. mm. we're, we're thrilled that it's going ahead. And we it's not just about the fireworks for us. Obviously, it's to put something on for our local community. But people are travelling in from all over. We have had inquiries from Auckland, from Coromandel, Tauranga and other parts of the Bay of Plenty. And they're travelling over. We've got tickets available you know now and people are saying can we get them sent to us so i'm popping them on a courier bag and sending them all over the you know the, the greater waikato if you like in the bay of plenty just to save them the queues on the night at the gate so it's interesting it'll be lovely to see how many turn up we fingers and toes and everything cross for a really good night with the weather as well that can make a huge difference but we're all excited we've got bands on stage we've got tim armstrong we've got sonder we've got flames of plenty coming over with their fire dancing again it's all entertainment for everyone in a nice environment there are so many organizations involved and mm. the fire service and st john ambulance they basically put their name to it as well um this is an event which they are getting behind mm. which um i guess points to the 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 safety and the professionalism of mm. how it is done because a lot of their resources throughout the Waikato over the next um, uh, couple of weeks um, will be going to you know incidents which are happening with um, private displays mm, exactly and and we like to help some of the we're all volunteers over here so the st john has a lot of volunteer staff plus the fire brigade is the morrinsville volunteer fire brigade and we are able to give them a donation for the evening so it's not that although they're on site and they're there to do something in the community depending on the numbers through the gate and a little bit of extra finance goes a long way so they we support them in that as well but they're happy to come and they've been supporting us for many years how many people live in Morrinsville um, considering you mentioned before that previously eight and a half thousand people came to one instance of the fireworks extravaganza that yeah. must be a significant... It, it sounds like it's the whole population, but it's not quite. So at the moment, I think the last census put us in um, the, the residential side of things, the urban side, we had around about seven and a half. And with you, when you add the rural aspect, it's not quite double, but it puts us up there with a population of around about 12,000 all up. But with the new housing development at Lockerbie, they do there is an even larger number going to be coming over the next few years. So a lot of our visitors that come to our fireworks do travel in from a lot of other places. So that 8,500 certainly wasn't all locals, but a good many locals do it. And family members of those locals will travel in and come as a family night out. Mm. Is, it, is it quite an 
uh, a big event in terms of accommodation, usage of accommodation in Morrinsville? We're a little strapped in Morrinsville for accommodation, so yeah, we I do have I, a... <laughs> I came once before to give a talk and I think there were about two places that we could we, we have, we have Yes, we have two motels and we have a hotel, a couple of B&Bs. Um, since the whole COVID thing, quite a lot of our local B&Bs did close their doors and some have not reopened, others are going okay. but. I think the majority of the people that come to the events here tend to stay with family members if they have to, but um, we haven't had anybody sleeping on the streets too much just to come to the fireworks. So, <laughs> so it's a massive cultural event for Morrinsville, for the Waikato, mm -hmm. um, for probably even people further afield. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, in Kirikiriroa, we can hear the fireworks from there when they're, yes. when they're happening um, here in Morrinsville. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I guess, yeah, again, what's particularly interesting is the, the, the safety and the technical aspects behind a professional display compared to a backyard display mm -hmm. um, because um, it, can, it takes a lot of technical orchestration, doesn't it, to put on a big display like this mm -hmm. and I guess that shows that similar care needs to be applied in those in those smaller displays. Absolutely. So we've been using Van Teel Pyrotechnics who are from Taupuri local and they have been coming from the day we started with the fireworks and their the knowledge and expertise that they that comes with them is amazing. There are they they turn up early in the day to set everything up. They test things out to make sure that it's really, really well organised. We've also, over the last three years, introduced the uh, laser light display as well. And, and a technical person travels down from Auckland to deal with that. And he too knows exactly what he's doing. It's not just a question of putting a few rockets in the ground or, or, or lighting something up. It, there's a huge amount of timing and everything else. And the zone that we have to mark out in order to keep the public away is huge. It's a massive area. So, hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you have to mark out that zone when it's a, when it's a professional display, yes. but you don't you don't have those sort of restrictions when it's in, um, in your backyard. Yeah. I think the, probably the fireworks are a little bit more powerful. The, 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 I do the, the think big so. boom boom bangs are a little bit more than your, your average, yeah. but, but certainly there's a, a sort of a 50 metre square zone where the fireworks are placed and then there's another 200 metre circular zone around that in order. So from the outside to the inside you're looking at a good two to 250 meters so that um and security so we've got security guards and volunteers that are in high-vis vests around that perimeter as well so that if anyone does look like they're about to climb over the barrier they're given the short sharp shift of getting back on the right side because again that's our it's their their health and safety that's paramount and mm. we have a huge bonfire so it's also another thing the bonfire is massive you should see the amount of trucks that come in during the day with the pallets that push you know get it loaded up there we have a digger that pushes all these pallets down to compact it as much as they possibly can. And again, we have to have a huge fire zone taped off around that bonfire to ensure that nobody is going to get too close. The intense heat would keep most people away, but while it's being built, you again have to keep people away from it. So, yeah. Mm. 
And how do you know how it works in terms of livestock? Because um, obviously for horses and for cattle, mm. um, they would notice it. They would. <laughs> so it's interesting you should ask that. So we have to... Um, we have to abide by the rules and regulations of our local council, Matamata Piaka District Council. And so right months out, we're already talking to them. So as soon as one event's over, I'm already pre-planning the next one. So usually we get the Christmas out of the way and from February, March onwards, I'm planning that year's event. Part of that is identifying who needs to be advised the dates and times of the event. So all rural um, people, farmers, horse owners, you name it, are all given a letter that's placed uh, and the, and the um, addresses of those particular farms that could be you know, affected by this are given to us from the council. We then circulate the letter out. Apart from that, we have to make sure that signage is out and around the district, big core flute signage, at least a month out again. So if anyone slipped through the net of not getting a letter in their letterbox, there's signage everywhere as well. Then the residential people that have the cats, the dogs, the budgies and all of that sort of thing, about a week to two weeks out from the event, we do the letterbox drop around there as well. So that was done this week at the beginning of this week where I went walking around over by the recreation grounds. So we do as much as we possibly can to ensure that everybody is given good notification. When Whether they follow through with that, I don't know. I'd like to think they do, um, but we've had very little incident, which has been fantastic. And, and in years past, where we have had horses quite close up, people have actually loaded them up and take them a bit further out of town to store them overnight just to make sure that they're, they're safe. Mm. Not to say, It is a short, sharp fireworks. It usually goes on for about 15 to 20 minutes. And we usually try and identify the time with the pyrotechnics people. If it's a cloudy night, it will start a little bit earlier. If it's a beautiful clear night, it might be a little bit later. So when we advise everybody about the timings, we say, please be ready to, to have your animals locked up, put inside or whatever from around about half past eight, and it can be quarter past to quarter past, quarter past eight to quarter past nine, but allow a good hour of having them secured away from what might be. And we, I have a hotline directly to our local pony club, for example, the Light Horse Club, and I send them a message about five minutes before we're starting, and they've got, the start, they've got their horse people down there holding their horses, there's never been an issue, interestingly enough. It's probably easier to have a fireworks display than the, the, than the unexplained thunder and lightning sometimes. Yeah, it's it, some of those, you know, thunders and lightning we get, we don't usually get a lot of notice at all, do we? But um, it can be scary. I mean, people that bring young children to the night, we try and get them to wear headphones and, and earplugs and things like that because it is quite, quite loud mm. and quite bright. That's a very good point, actually. Horses get injured when um, lightning storms happen. Mm -hmm. um, so, and and the uh, fireworks display is just basically a. It's it's very very. Um, a lot of preparation is done, and a lot of safety is in place, not just for people but mm. for for animals which yes. is i think the animals really are very important very I'm, I'm, I'm a huge animal lover so they're, they're always a 
huge priority. Yeah, um, and I mean, we are in Lawrenceville, we have 50 plus cows down there. We, we have 62 around the town, 62. of course, as well. Yes, yes. They don't seem to be too badly affected no. by the fireworks. <laughs> you know, they don't go breaking out of their um, position on their plinths. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it shows how much Lawrenceville is a Cat town, town. Yeah, yeah, attuned with its livestock mm. and. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, it's cool that Matamata Piako District Council give that, um, take that initiative as well. I mean, it would be, I imagine it would be partially their problem if animals got injured probably mm, mm. dealing with that. Yes, um, yes. Interesting, I think any injuries that have happened in recent years, it's been more attributed to the private fireworks, mm. the ones where unexpectedly somebody's let off some fireworks in the back garden and they might just be a little bit too close to some of the the rural places and I think they've probably had more impact than the bigger organized ones mm, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't got statistics on that but certainly I've heard I have heard stories in the past so mm, yeah. but basically it's a, a better idea to have the professional displays mm, mm. Um, and it allows the whole community to come together okay. and, exactly. and, and, and have a good night yeah, yeah exactly mm. awesome um, do you have anything else you'd like to add no just come on down to our night on uh, Saturday the 5th of November the gates open to the public at 5.30 you can pre-buy your tickets from us here at the information centre or you can contact us here. Um, we're delighted to have Mike from Free FM to come along as our MC on the night side. So he'll be talking it up as well over the next little while. And uh, tickets are um, $25 for a family of four, two adults, two children, under fives are free, children are 14 years and under. So just make an inquiry here at the Info Centre for any further information and come on down for a really great night. As Kathy and I touched on several times there, backyard fireworks displays tend to be a significant problem for animals. Donna Young at New Lives Animal Rescue in Cambridge gives us an insight on that. Um, I'm Donna from New Lives Animal Rescue. We have an op shop in Cambridge, um, 76 Duke Street, but that's um, just for raising funds for the animals and for community desexing. Mm -hmm. Now, you would notice the effects that happen on animals uh, in fireworks season. We've already had some fireworks because of Diwali, we have some coming up for Guy Fawkes, and then obviously ones for New Year. Um, and um, yeah, what sort of effect do, do you see that having on the population of animals around here? No, absolutely, it has a devastating effect. So we see the injuries caused by fireworks, you get the injuries that are deliberately done and also just by accident. Um, you also have horses running through fences because they're spooked, um, dogs getting out of properties, um, again, because they're spooked. Um, they can get out of a property, get hit by a car. Um, it has a huge effect on, on the animals and what we have to, as animal rescuers, have to deal with. It, absolutely, well, it's yes and no, like it is for um, the stray animals that don't have owners when they're injured um, and there's um, people that the animals end up getting out and then they're, they're getting injured and hit by cars and of course that spikes in the vet costs, um, animals needing vet treatment and a lot of people just can't afford that. If you can imagine a horse going through a fence, breaking their leg or getting ripped up, it's very costly as well. Mm. 
absolutely. Now, do you see any difference between the sort of prof professional displays that are done? Um, they would obviously have an effect, some effect on the animals, but is it more um, problematic, sort of people having their backyard displays? I think the backyard displays are the worst. Um, I don't like fireworks full stop because I've seen the effects of it. Um, I think you know people that want to celebrate and have fireworks, a public display is better. Um, then everybody knows that the date that it's going to happen um, and they can prepare for it or they can try and prepare for it but it still spooks our animals out. Um, you know it's like really bad thunder um, and, and not really bad thunder and stuff and um, we so sorry about that, okay. just getting interrupted all the time. So um, yeah, the banging and stuff, even though it's a public display, um, it still has an effect on the animals. So um, I, yeah, and then you, do, you get people that buy them and let them off at random times in their own celebrations. So there is, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big problem. Would you say it's a universal concern for the animal welfare community? Um, other organisations as well and is there sort of a, uh, is there any movement of wanting to restrict fireworks from your perspective? Um, there's a lot of people that have tried to get a ban, um, I have a lot of friends that have, have tried petitions and stuff and um, oh, yeah I just don't see it happening, I don't think that there is the same amount of fireworks being let off as they used to be, but it is still a problem. Mm. So, um, I suppose you're gearing up for the season at the moment, really, in a way. We've kind of changed um, the way that we're working at the moment, and we, are, like with cats, we don't take on cats anymore. Um, for the next year, 12 months, we're trialling cheap community cat desexing. Um, and we're, um, I won't say teamed up, but we've got another rescue that is taking on the cats and kittens that we would normally take. Um, but obviously, um, you know, we're still going to get calls about, you know, someone that's maybe got um, an injured cat, injured dog through um, through the fireworks. Mm -hmm. And we just work in with other rescues with that. I mean, obviously, if a cat came in, we'd get it to the vet straight away um, if it needed treatment, etc. So the population of um, stray cats in the area around Cambridge is quite significant, isn't it? It absolutely is, especially on farms and, and whatnot. And what we're finding is people are grabbing the kittens and then leaving the mums out there to keep breeding, which is not helpful. Um, and so the best thing they can do is contact us or contact a rescue and we'll do our best to, to work through it. Um, realistically, the a lot of these cats are wild. They don't want to have anything to do with humans. I don't blame them but yeah they they um they're not rehomeable a lot of them and so that's where we get a few issues we have people that we work with that want to keep a couple of cats on the farm um but if they do that we can help out with desexing but they have to be responsible for those cats that they legally once you desex them that they, they need to be your cat and you need to look after them for their lifetime how can people get in contact with New Lives Animal Rescue about how they can 
you know, sort of uh, get involved and also how they can help give forever homes to animals. So the best way is on our Facebook page, which is just New Lives Rescue. And we also have a New Lives um, Rescue op shop page. If people want to volunteer at the op shop, it's a really busy op shop and it's helping fund the cheap desexing that we're doing at the moment. Um, email is probably the best way as well, which is newlivesrescue at extra.co.nz. Awesome. Cool. Do you have anything else you'd like to no, add for the moment? Just or for people to be sensible with um, the usage on fireworks and um, just yeah, make sure your animals are secure around this time. Mm. Thank you for listening to this episode of WTS Waikatoa. If you liked what you heard, you can follow the show on Facebook and find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Free FM, the Community Access Media Alliance and New Zealand On Air for making this show happen. Thank you for listening to this episode of WTS Waikato. If you liked what you heard, you can follow the show on Facebook or find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Free FM, the Community Access Media Alliance and New Zealand On Air for making this show happen. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. 
Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.